0: This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from the work they do so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. This show features interviews with people who've already created success in their lives and businesses and stories about everyday people living extraordinary lives. It's time for you to add value. My guest today, Gina Fontaine, is an author, personal trainer, and woman's wellness coach and has built a career helping women use movement to achieve optimal health. Now, Gina has expanded her focus from physical health to include emotional and spiritual health as well, helping moms find a healthy, happy life balance through a realistic, sustainable approach to motherhood. She lives with her three children in Denver, Colorado, where she continues to train and coach moms and give them the tools to thrive. Well, Gina, thank you so much for joining me today, and I just look forward to a great conversation and learning learning more about you and uh, and your new book and just uh, the mm-hmm. story of your journey as uh, a mom and an entrepreneur and uh, author now.
1: So, yes, yeah. thank you, thank you, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So, tell me a little bit about uh, jumping into entrepreneurship. Oh, so you're a wellness coach and a yoga expert. Mm-hmm. now an author
1: yeah 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 i've always had the entrepreneurial thread i my dad uh owned a business start and believe it or not he started a business when he had seven mouths to feed so he had seven children i think they were ages nine on down i was born i was number 10 and just that um pioneering entrepreneurial spirit it's just kind of always been there and I remember the day I think he was in 2015. And I told my mom, you know, I, I really just I don't work well for others, I'm going to try to dive in and do this. And her reaction was, don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's not what I was expecting. And she said, Oh, well, I was the one who kept your dad going all those years Well, he was he ran a very large um, chemical distribution company. So different scale and scope than than I was aspiring to do. And, and so I think she saw all those lean years of, of drinking powdered milk and um, just trying to get by. And so, you know, I think that it was mom, protective mom coming forth and in no way was she trying to discourage me. And, and she didn't, she didn't discourage me because it just made me say, oh, well, I'll show her and I'll, I'll do my thing. Um, so yeah, I started out um, as an entrepreneur and I had been a personal trainer and a um, director of fitness at a couple of different parks and recreation departments. And I decided I really want to niche and help moms. And I, I developed a course to actually train fitness professionals how to to train pregnant women um, during pregnancy with fitness. Um, there really wasn't a lot of training out there at the time. I basically winged it when I was pregnant. I just said, okay, I'll, I'll figure this out because there wasn't a lot of literature or studies out there. It's hard to study pregnant women because you get a, a small window of time. So that eventually um, became a, a program that I um, I now do with actually Denver Public Schools um, staff called Power of Pregnancy. And I've, I've continued on the mom path and I, I work with postpartum women as well. Um, I do fitness training and basically help women get their bodies, you know, back to feeling like they did before they had kids or sometimes even better.
0: So obviously, that's a pretty good niche to to work with moms. And what uh, what made you choose moms in particular?
1: Well, you know, I, I recognize a pattern. And it's that moms tend to put everyone else, their kids, their spouse, the dog, the neighbors, everybody else comes first. And then they're sort of at the bottom of the totem pole wondering, why don't I ever have time for myself? And I realized that this is something that I I could help women with. Because for me, being in the profession of fitness, it's, it's like, I don't even have to think about it. I get up, I move, I do things to nurture my body. But if it's not, like a knee-jerk reaction for you, I, I tell women in pregnancy: if you don't start the habits now of self-care, it's certainly not going to happen when you have a screaming infant in your arms and you require, you know, round-the-clock um, service to that little tiny baby. Um, but when it's it's already a habit, you you start to thread it in. You find ways to do it. And so my approach is to keep things simple and easy because moms have our lives are way too complicated already and so implementing one minute wellness solutions because everybody has one minute so you got one minute to breathe you got one minute to do squats and over a course of a day there's many many minutes so um I, i try to get people away from the mentality that you have to change your clothes get in the car go to the gym get sweaty come home shower change your clothes again. And then you've got, you know, two hours invested. And I don't know many moms that, that I myself included that have that kind of time um, to invest in their fitness.
0: A two hour window is pretty big (laughs) (laughs) It is for for a mom. So, so let's talk a little bit about um, mentors. What have, what have mentors meant in, in your journey?
1: I have had a lot of mentors and i you know i've hired a lot of different coaches that have fulfilled a lot of different roles uh and i started this was probably back in 2015 i knew that time management was an issue so i started with a a time management coach and her approach was really to help you find your your sole purpose like what are you here on this planet to do so that all the choices that you make line up with what you're here to do so you're not wasting your time doing other extraneous stuff um and then i i got more into um gosh i probably had six different coaches if that (laughs) could say i'm you you know i I maybe a mentor junkie but i've learned something different from every coach that i've worked with Um, in my book i talk a lot about a um, high performance um, stress management coach that helped me through the most challenging time of my life when my my teenager was off the rails running away from home doing drugs and i thought i and i was a single mom at the time and i just i literally thought i was going to lose my mind so um while i understand that i, I have all the answers inside of me sometimes it it requires like somebody to just shine the, the flashlight and say look over here look over here and then you're like oh, oh yeah okay it was right there all along. And I, th- I think especially most entrepreneurs can relate to stress. Um, when we're stressed and in fight or flight, we, we just don't, our, our brains don't process. Our executive function is one of the first things to go. Um, so having tools that I now use and implement into my day, like if I start feeling the stress level increase, it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth losing my peace for it. To, to, you know, grind out another email or grind out another blog post. It's just like, step away. No deadline is worth um, losing my piece for.
0: So. Oh, that's that's terrific. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like to mentor junkie, but I used to like to remind people, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback in the world because he has a dozen coaches. Mm-hmm. He, yep. He, yep, He has, you know, coaches for every aspect of his health, his life, his mental state, and a coach that teaches him how to throw the football. And so yep. it's uh, it, it it's an important aspect of personal development.
1: Yeah, and certainly not a, a sign of weakness. So, you know, like, oh, I have to have somebody help me. And it, it's um, actually, I think it's quite the opposite when you can realize that asking for help, I think is is a difficult thing for many of us to do that it makes us feel like, oh, I'm, i don't have this down i look um i look bad because i need help but it's been the best time and money spent um on my journey at least
0: but i know that that there's this stigma for moms especially um my wife struggled with different aspects of motherhood including breastfeeding and Mm -hmm. you know just the personal pressure that she put on herself to feel like she was inadequate. And yet there's no book or manual or there's just no, there's so many things about a motherhood that's instinctive. And yet there's elements that if it just doesn't work, there's no way to know for yourself how to find those answers. And the stigma of asking for help is so heavy. It's so, Mm -hmm. that's where that vacuum exists where I think, your book and your experience and your programs are, are stepping into to say, Hey, it's, it's okay to ask for help. In fact, guess what? It's, it's actually not too complicated either. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. It's, you know, the first time I made a big ask, uh, for help, it was very humbling. Um, you know, I, I was a single mom literally overnight, I decided I had to get out of an abusive situation and it wasn't a premeditated, okay, I'm going to save my money for this period of time. It was just like, I can't do this anymore. I went to the courthouse, filed paperwork um, for divorce and, and then I had no income, I had no money and I had to keep the house afloat and keep payments coming in and my kids were in total disarray. So reaching out and, you know, just emailing a core group of friends and saying, wow, I am, I am really struggling like a meal or, you know, anything, you know, somebody to come by and just help with the kids. And that turned into like an email shared that turned into complete strangers coming in and just saying, Oh, I I can't imagine being a single mom of uh, three kids trying to keep things afloat here. Let me help you. And from that point onward, it became easier and easier and I realized that that we actually give a gift when we receive help. Like the bet, greatest gift we can give um, somebody who's offering help is to just say yes and thank you, and nothing more. Like, oh no, why I feel so bad. Oh, how can I? Or, or like when you say, oh, how can I repay you? Most people who are offering help, you know, one of the the gift is that I I I was of service, and to just let it be at that. And I. I see, it doesn't have to be, I repay, if you give me something, Robert, then I have to give it, give something right back to you. It's, it's a big circle of, you know, the village of down the line, I might, you know, give my service to some organization or other person. And I was able to do that because you gave me something that gave me a boost that enabled me. And so um, there's, there's actually a term, um, I learned this from um, Doc Rivers, he's uh, the coach of the the Boston Celtics um, 2008 World Championship team, and there's a wonderful Netflix um, series called The Coach's Playbook, and they these coaches all just share their morsels of wisdom, and he talks about the principle of Ubuntu. Um, it's U B U N T U, and it's an African principle of basically saying like when you shine, I shine, and so I. If I help lift you, that's going to help lift me, and so it's always about the team. And he used that um, that chant. They, his Boston Celtics team that won the championship they chanted Ubuntu at, as they would go out on the court after timeouts, and that was like their guiding principle because he had three big stars, and his challenge was how am I going to get these guys to work together and not be, you know, hey, look at me, I'm the star. And I, I love that that concept, of, especially now that we're we're able to get back into community again. Of, of especially with moms, like bring whatever it is. Like you don't have to hide your vulnerabilities. Um, you know, hopefully in my community of moms, like bring your depression, bring your sadness, bring your anger, bring your dread, whatever it is. It's okay. Like I think um, women try to fall into this role especially on social media that everything's great and my life is wonderful and I with my book I, I really just put it all out there to say you know what everything's not always great and you're still a super mom you're still amazing because you're showing up every single day and there like you said there is no guidebook if it, it, there's nothing that um, I actually have a book excerpt, excerpt now that I have available and it talks about sleep training. Any parent had had trouble with training their, their baby to sleep. <laughs> and I think that's a frustration that every parent can relate to. And I I probably had six books sitting on my bedside table and I'd read, you know, a little bit each night. Okay, well, we'll try this technique, we'll try this technique. And it's it's like eventually they sleep. And I, I think what i found out is like if i had taken care of myself to calm down um, i probably would have had a calmer baby if i was calmer
0: myself <laughs> <laughs> there's there's the rub yeah, yeah. I, uh, our son struggled to sleep in that first year and would only sleep if somebody's hand was on his back in his crib or, or wherever and and i we lived on the ninth story and i've told the story multiple times that he almost took a flight out the window if it hadn't been for my wife and I I'd be able to tag team. Yeah. And now that, now that you mentioned that I'm probably the one responsible because I was the one stressed out and freaked out over why won't this baby sleep? <laughs> so, so now, now I have to apologize to my son because I was blaming him all that time. And it's probably <laughs> my responsibility. <laughs> you mentioned a couple really, really valuable things in there. I, I think obviously the, the willingness to say, you know, it doesn't all have to go perfect. Um, is so valuable. But then you mentioned the the Bluetooth principle as a mantra, and I know that that you had a mantra. Would you would you mind sharing the power of your mantra and how that helped? You?
1: Oh my my! I am safe, secure, yeah, valued and loved. Yes. Um, so at the time, you know, when I would just recently become a single parent, and I didn't have any safety net whatsoever. And I, I called on a friend, and she gave me this mantra. And I she just said, just I just believe me when I tell you just say I am safe, secure, supported, valued and loved. And everything in me was like, I'm not safe, I could lose my house at any moment. And I'm not secure by society standards, I'm hanging by a thread. And Support was there, but it was kind of, you know, sometimes there, sometimes not. Um, I and I, I don't think I had self-love at that point, so I didn't feel valued and loved. But I, I would chant that that um, mantra over and over, over you know, three miles of walking, and I just did it day after day, and it was, it sort of became one of those things. that was like background music in my head, and it was just always there. And then I started to recognize, oh. It's showing up in ways different than I would have imagined. Like it's not a big money bag being dumped on my porch, saying, "Here you go." But it was, it was like my church community coming, coming in, you know, as support, asking me if I needed help. Um, it, it came in, like I said, like complete strangers coming to my doorstep, unloading a, a truckload of groceries for me um so i had to then step into gratitude and say oh thank you this isn't how i was expecting it to be but thank you just like this like this and once i started to recognize that and then interestingly my partner that i'm i'm with now I, somehow i must have told him my mantra and i i went over to his house one night and i see sticky notes on in his kitchen and it says safe secure supported valued and loved and i said those are my words and he said well yes i'm trying to provide all of that for you because that's if that's what's important to you then i want i want to provide all of that and wow i was like okay (laughs) like not only have i manifested those words but a partner who understands um you know how to how to be all those for me so pretty awesome
0: (laughs) That that power of manifestation is, you know, even even when you don't believe it, if you if you just keep just keep repeating it, just keep telling yourself your own voice telling your subconscious mind, I mm-hmm. am, and is so powerful and 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 so exciting to have lived that out and brought those things to fruition in ways you didn't ever imagine because you couldn't and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course in a couple of places you've mentioned abundance mindset versus that scarcity and competition mindset and Mm -hmm. how much you've transitioned, obviously from the idea of scarcity, I've got nothing. I'm, you know, living by the seat of my pants and three months with no income and, and Mm -hmm. switching to an abundance mindset where I've got what I need to get through today and, and there's more out there for me yet to come. Mm -hmm. So exciting.
1: I have heard it, and it may have been my own father that told me, don't worry, because worry is like praying for what you don't want. Um, You know, when you sit there and and, and obsess, obsessively think about what if, what if, what if, then you know, God, the universe is receiving that message. Okay. And the, you know, a friend told me the universe always says yes. So if you, if you keep saying those things, you'll get the evidence to support whatever statement or prayer you put out um, into the
0: world. So, it's uh, powerful. But you you mentioned gratitude there and, and how oh, you positioned to just being able to accept these things that, that were being provided. And, and so, uh, share with me a little more about how gratitude has helped um, your mindset and your personal growth.
1: Yeah, I, and it's even gratitude for the things that don't necessarily look like a blessing at the time, um, there's a, a spiritual author. His name's Matt Kahn, and there's he has a, a YouTube video out right now, and, and it's called I think it's called Just Like This, and and it's whatever arrives. Like when I went down with a torn ACL in April while playing tennis. And this was my first season back playing in nine years. And I'm like new racket in hand.
0: Oh, no.
1: And I've done this, I did it when I was 16. And my immediate thought was, this is six months of a complete alteration in my lifestyle. And, I, and surgery and and after surgery and sitting in it's summer, June, and I can't really do anything with my kids that's fun. and." I just came to a place of like, okay, let's find the blessing in this. Let's find the gratitude and okay, you get to practice what you preach and take care of yourself and love yourself the way you're always preaching to everyone else. And I'm actually enjoying the slowdown. And now that I've hit the six week mark and it's like, oh, you, you know, you can start returning to activity in a, a few weeks like running. And I'm like, Hmm, I don't know if I want to jump right back into that because it—it's like I've lived my whole life running, and moving slow is is quite rewarding. Um, so I'm—it's—it's it's interesting how we always get what we need, not necessarily what we want. I would have never asked and prayed, "Let me have a knee injury so I can be in the hospital and be laid up for <laughs> weeks." Uh, I never would have asked for that, but. But it has been a blessing, and I've connected with my kids in a different way of um, just slower, lazy days at home, where every minute isn't just filled with activity, and they they don't mind. Um, So there's there's a practical example of gratitude.
0: Absolutely. So, what was one of the most challenging parts of writing the book?
1: Um, you know i have a it's a challenging story to tell um and i actually shelved it i think it was probably in october i had been writing from may to october and i thought you know what nobody wants to hear my sob story like this has been therapeutic i'm gonna just put this away and maybe i'll come back to it and then a a friend of mine who had been reading excerpts she asked me what what are you doing with that book because it's that book is going to help change a lot of lives. And I said, oh, I, I put it away. I'm, I'm not. And she just basically pleaded with me, like, you, you have to do this, you have to get it back out. And so then I, um, I knew I had to put goals in place, because it was remote learning, the kids were home. And it's like, how am I going to get focused? Well, what it turned into was a, a challenge, my kids love challenges. And It was two thousand words a day, and I and I shared with them, "This is my goal: four days a week, two thousand words." And they, my youngest especially, would check in with me and, "Okay, mom, did you get your words? What were you know?" And I'd be like, "Yep." I even wrote more. I did two thousand (laughs) three hundred, and so that kind of was what pushed me um, to the finish line. And then once I got close to completion, I realized, you know what? I need to let my kids read this and get their um, consent because if they, they don't consent to the Sherry, the story being shared, then I, you know, I can't do this. And they, they basically what they all said is this is your story. Like, and you know, it's okay. It's your perspective, I think is what they were basically saying
0: to me. So what a great opportunity to turn to your kids and use them as accountability partners and and make them part of the team instead of an opponent working against you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great lesson. Yeah. So you call the book, uh, You Are a Supermom. uh, What's the story behind the idea of a supermom?
1: You know, it's interesting because my original title title was I Am Not a Supermom um, because I felt like I have... Messed it all up. I have screwed my kids up for life, and I am so not a super mom. And that, and it, I make a distinction in the book about the traditional super mom is out there doing it all, and her kids are champions of their sports teams, and they're getting the best grades and getting into the best colleges, and and she's working and the board president, and and just doing it all with ease. And but we don't see what's going on. Behind the scenes, in that scenario, oftentimes, and um, what I think is often sacrificed is health, um, and health is our greatest wealth. So, if we don't have that, and we can't be there to support our kids as they get older, then are we really doing a service um, to our to our kids? So, in my mind, every every mom that's present and showing up and and doing her best is, is a super mom. We have such incredible power that we don't even realize it and it's for me crisis is the catalyst for change and so for me it it took being in a situation where i was in total crisis to like dig to the deepest depths and realize wow i've got i have this incredible ability to improvise and be on point even when you know, every there's a whole bunch of input coming in to just be able to say okay, but it, it took practice to get there. Um, and so I, I think if if every mom could tap into her superpower, because we cannot be the master of everything, but imagine a whole bunch of women who were like fully invested in their superpower and were together in community sharing, you know how we're getting through there might be another mom who's a, a master comedian and she's, she can, um, her superpower is to make light and fun of every situation. And, you know, I'm, so I think it's, it's just important for us to find what, what is our, our greatest strength. Cause I think where we get trapped um, is trying to be good at everything.
0: Um, it's,
1: it's just,
0: absolutely. It's,
1: it's a setup for failure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What, can you use the word empowered? What makes an empowered mom? Um,
1: interesting, because in my book, I, I you know, talk about going from being a stressed out mom to an empowered mom. Um, to me, an empowered mom can can kind of step out of the chaos or the cryo- crisis and find the power within, whether it's through pausing in prayer or meditation, and, and realizing, and it might be joining in community, calling a friend, um, but finding those ways to fill up your, your inner resources so that you can proceed. And sometimes that filling up that resource might be calling on a coach or hiring a coach um, and um, receiving empowerment through approaches like that.
0: So, We've mentioned a few things about the expectations put on moms and and a lot of those cultural expectations I think are self you know, self-inflicted right? The moms just feel like they have to complete all these things and and I don't know that the expectation is really there Mm. except for it's real because Mm -hmm. what do you think needs to be changed in our society to make moms feel more empowered?
1: That letting you know giving moms and maybe it's just moms giving themselves permission to take to put themselves first that i feel like um it's been misconstrued like um you have to take care of your kids and make sure everything's you know right with their world and then then you get to do you and it really has to be the other way around that you know the first step you take in the morning needs to be you fulfilling your needs, um, so making that more of a, a societal norm um, that it's normal for moms to get to have fun and take it easy and um, enjoy life and not be like a slave to all the meetings and um, you know, especially now as we're we're heading into back to school time. Um, all those responsibilities seemingly mount up and you you want to feel like, oh, I'm contributing in some way. And what if the best contribution we can make is by showing up whole, healthy and complete?
0: Absolutely, it's the oxygen mask metaphor.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely,
0: and, yep. <laughs> and And a dad doesn't get it, cause right, like I'm gonna put the oxygen mask on me first, but mom's instinct is to put the oxygen kids first. Um, And it's what they do in every area. And Mm -hmm. so being able to remind them that self-care is, is really the best way to take care of, of your kids is take care of yourself. Um, So how has your spirituality played a role in raising your children?
1: You know, I, I mean, gosh, I talk about in my book about, I, I have taught yoga and meditation for 25 years. And it, it, it becomes an extra, like when you're teaching, it's all out here. And it really wasn't until the pandemic that I, I really committed to 20 minutes and I I follow a meditation teacher every single day, 20 minutes and everything attention on um, you that i started to hear with more ease that little voice that's that's always there guiding you you know to the next step to the next step to the next step um so in that sense um that that spiritual practice of um meditation and i i get you know different messages every day and something like last wednesday it was go play go play. And I didn't have a whole lot on my schedule and I could have sat there and ripped out some website content, but instead I went and paddle boarded, and I'm so glad I did because <laughs> it, it was just a spiritual experience being there in nature and seeing the blue heron and, um, the, the pelicans I think. Um, and just reviving my, my sense of everything's okay. Like, um, I, I feel like there's a still, even though things are, they they are returning to normal but forget about what it was in the past like we're entering into a absolutely brand new normal and it's almost like we're in this space of there's there's nothing rooting us right now and everybody's out there kind of wandering um, and my my encouragement would be like wander more in here, in this space. And I, I think my surgery and my downtime, I've spent more time at home since my surgery in June than I did through the whole pandemic because I was outside doing fitness and teaching yoga and I didn't really ever miss a beat. Um, but now I'm like, hmm, this is kind of nice what everybody was talking about staying home. It's, it, and home I, I think of in terms of like my heart and and really finding peace
0: here. So now your free time kind of has transitioned from this crazy physical fitness world to an mm-hmm. inner world. That's pretty yeah. exciting. What other things do you enjoy in your free time?
1: Um, I love drumming. And that's one of my um, I've done it for 20 some years. Um, and one of my goals is to get a drum in every woman's hands. Uh, I've been parts of drumming communities for many years and they're usually very male dominant. And so I started doing um, drum circles, and I'm actually doing one this Saturday um, at Wash Park in, in Denver, because it's it's a way that we can connect our hearts without words. Like mm-hmm. people can just even be clapping their hands, you know, joined in a circle where there's um, sound vibration, and and sound, just like with our words, sound um, transmits a vibration that that transforms us. Um, so that's that's something that I love, and, and being anything outdoors, you know, being on the water, being in the mountains, and camping. Wish I want to do more camping. Nice. Yeah.
0: So, is there a mom myth that particularly resonates with you that that you want to sure people understand is a myth?
1: Well this one is probably the hardest to dispel but i I see it probably more often just out on the internet social media is being a mom is tough it is don't get me wrong but what if you change that to being a mom is easy now it might not be but i do believe that just like i'm safe secure supported valued and loved the words we put into the universe it always says yes so being a mom is tough yes, you're going to get all kinds of challenges. You're going to look for evidence in your life that it's really, really hard being a mom. Whereas if you say being a mom is easy, you can start to ask questions more. Um, ask your kids questions and you know, you stop jumping to conclusions. And I still have the days where it's like, yeah, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. And in those moments, instead, I used to just dive in like, okay, I got to fix this. Now I got to take care of this now. And now I just, you know, take a step back and say, okay, this will unravel and it will work itself out. It's almost like sometimes when we dig in there with our tools, um, we make we make matters worse. It's Like if I pretend like I'm a plumber and go and try to clear my line, I'm probably gonna make a bigger mess of things. So um, yeah, and those moments of pause, um, and stepping back and realizing it—it it doesn't all have to get solved right now, and the housework doesn't have to get done all today. And um, being a mom can be easy.
0: I love that. Ask the question often. What if it is easy? Is what? What is oh, easy? What? What? Yeah. What if it is right? What? Mm-hmm. If, what if it is easy? It's, right. It changes your mindset. So. And over time, like you said, you get what you ask for. <laughs> and, yeah. And why Why are you asking for what you don't want? Right. So that's yeah. super powerful. Um, so now, obviously, you've come from an area of of struggle and and what is it that helped you develop the confidence that you have to put your book out there, to put your story out there, and to be this awesome super mom that you are today.
1: Hmm. I could decide right now I'm not doing this, but my, my book is published September 21st, um, 2021. So, you know, it wasn't even a conscious thought, Oh, I'm going to, I mean, I, yeah, I had the, you know, a thought in the back of my mind, you know, okay, I'm, this book is going to be on Oprah's list of reading and a um, million moms are going to read it. And you know, it's just, it's been an organic process of knowing this has healed me. And if I can help a struggling mom out there, you know, somehow with my words um, and maybe, you know, with the the type of coaching that I do then, and I can save somebody from a four year journey, which was mine and make that into a few months um, then it's, it's all been, been worth it. And I, I think we, we all have experiences in life um, to, to get us to the next point. And so if my sole purpose here is, is to connect moms and community in a heart-centered community, I had to go through all of that so that I could could be a guiding light um, for other, And not just moms, because dads struggle with these things too, and I'm well aware of that. There, there are super bad dads too that um, you know, try to do it all. That I can speak more authoritatively from a, a female perspective.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, and, and you've chosen a niche and you stick with it, right? And mm-hmm. You identify, yeah. you identify more with moms. That's not to say that men won't benefit from your story and the things that you're sharing, but certainly mm-hmm. your target needs to be specific. And so, it's so yeah. good for you. So what was your biggest challenge in, in being a mom and being an entrepreneur?
1: Um, I, and I still struggle with this where, like, right now my kids are upstairs baking brownies. <laughs> so I get brownies after this. But nice. I, you know, I feel like, okay, how, how much time did I spend with them today? Did I spend enough focused time? Um, am, I, am I ignoring them? Am I, you know, here I am writing this book and about being a good mom. And, and there, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I think I try to, like, 10 minutes dedicated to each child each day where it's like, okay, let's sit down and connect. Sometimes it's longer, a lot of times it's longer, but let's connect for these few minutes and just see where you are today. Like, what are you feeling? Um, That it doesn't have to be like, oh, we went to the museum and then we went to the zoo and then we went to the mountains and there was our day. And it's like, a lot of times we're just hanging out at home. Um, And uh, throughout human history, I think that's that's how we lived our lives. We didn't have like lives filled with entertainment and camps and sports and all this stuff when we were like pioneers growing up. Um, and yeah. Okay. Things are, are different today, but I, I guess my challenge to moms would, would be like, can you take a step back and not over schedule yourself for just one, one season? Like, see what it would be like if your none of your kids were involved in in activities and you were just because my kids are really good at being spontaneous and i I take pride in that that they can just be like okay we're gonna um you know put together a a bowling alley in the house using things that we found around the house cool (laughs) like
0: that's awesome
1: we forget how creative um kids are and so i think you know in, in that challenge of am i spending enough time with my kids, they've, they've learned to be independent and, um, you know, take, take steps where they might not have if I was out there saying, okay, let's coordinate a game and here's the rules and here's how you do it. And it's like, no, we, we can do it, mom.
0: <laughs> well, absolutely. I think I don't often reflect enough on the, the difference in lifestyle between a pioneer family in survival mode versus the things that we have available to us today. And I think a lot of our mindset issues, our brain still functions in that survival mode, mm-hmm. but but we're triggering it with stupid things like email and social media instead of, you know, mm-hmm. surviving the wild animal.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> So
0: it's good to recognize the reality that, you know what, I'm spending time with my family and and no, we're not putting up fence posts or, you know, plowing the field, but we're doing some really cool things, inventing games and baking brownies and and doing other different activities, but we're living life together in in much the same way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know what, my kids went, my two youngest kids went for a run this morning not prompted by me. It was like, my, my daughter's like, I'm going to go for a run. Okay. That's maybe there's some influence from, from me. And then my younger one was like, oh, can I go too? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm <laughs> blown away. I, I hope this becomes something regular. Um, so you just never know where the seeds that you plant are going to pop up.
0: Absolutely. So how important has character been for you um, leaving a bad relationship and, and trying to instill character for your children. Um, how has it been a journey of value that matters?
1: You know, in, in the breakup of a marriage, I, one thing that I learned is that there's two people and you, I had to take hundred percent responsibility for my 50%. Um, and so there have been a lot of Things that I realized, one of them being, oh, I really need to slow down and smell the roses and take more time. Um, yeah, I realized where I was always the one like, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's do more, let's let's get it done. And my former spouse was more like, oh, can't we just take it easy? And and so I've taken the opportunity with, you know, call them failures or whatever. I've had I've had um, failures in business and. Um, relationships and taking that as an opportunity to turn my greatest weaknesses into my greatest strengths. And by saying, okay, this is an area that I can I can work on and, and be more conscious uh, about developing, it, it helps me become a more well-rounded person to be able to look at those um, so-called weaknesses um, that as they show up.
0: Well, and, and I think the character is really just taking ownership for your your part and, and allowing mm-hmm. yourself to grow and develop in that so that's so fantastic mm-hmm. so I think one of the dangerous words that gets thrown around and especially for moms and is balance this idea mm-hmm. of you know I can balance my work and my life and and my play and my kids get this percentage and my work gets this percentage and um, you mentioned I think you mentioned in your book or at least in your description, Harmony. So how would you describe the difference between harmony and balance?
1: Mm, that's a great question First of all, I think balance is a myth. I mean, you it's it it happens for just like most people can only stand on one foot for a minute You get these like blips of like, oh things are in balance and then you know something throws it off kilter So it's a constant you know, it's a to me. It's a very dynamic quality balance and and Harmony I I mean in terms of music harmony is when there's there's resonance and um, Sometimes it's sitting You know in something that feels really uncomfortable or a vibration. That's that's uncomfortable and You being the harmonizing aspect and that's that's a superpower that women have is like can I even when everybody else is in conflict and erupting can i harmonize things just by cultivating my inner peace and that's my point with mothers of infants is it's such a frantic time and it's so hard to calm down and even though i taught yoga and had breathing techniques i would sit there and be like okay just breathe just breathe and that would make me more anxious (laughs) and i thought this stuff, it doesn't work. And it's making me more anxious. And I know I'm not alone in that because I meet plenty of women that say, oh, I'm just, I'm too type A to do yoga. I can't sit still. I gotcha. I, I totally understand. Um, and so harmony part of it is just acceptance. Um, and even though you feel like you're maybe BSing yourself, telling yourself like, everything is okay. Every I had a baby who was colicky, and she cried all the time. That's anything but harmony. But I'd pat her on my back, and I'd, I'd say everything is okay. <laughs> and that was more for me, like so I wouldn't erupt. <laughs> and um, so we really, really have a power to harmonize our hearts, and that's a whole, a whole other topic about um, a harmonized heart. But um, that's that's a superpower that that we definitely have, and probably haven't cultivated enough as, um, women and men.
0: Journey of, of building your audience and, and, uh, building your business. How is the value of connection and beneficial?
1: I, I, enjoy networking, um, teaching group classes. I love getting people together, you know, for the group yoga in the park. Um, I'm, I'm involved with a couple of women and business networking groups. Um, and it's really great how, um, especially in these women's, um, networking groups, it's like, we all come together to lift each other, to support one another. And, um, there's, everybody has something to offer and it's, it's unique. Even, you know, a woman who's not a mother, I I tell people, well, we may, you may not be a mom, but I bet, you know, a mom, um, so that we can, we can support, Support each other. Um, it's it's invaluable, and I personally like when all the meetings went to Zoom. I did it for about a month or two, and I just said, "Oh, I can't." <laughs> Convenient, yes, but seeing a whole bunch of squares on the screen, I don't I don't feel like I was getting this this heart connection. Um, with people. So uh, I love, love to be, I have dreams of being able to travel the world and and connect with moms um, around the globe and just see what, see what mothering is like other places besides the United
0: States. Nice. So is that, is that your big dream? Is that what you would describe as your big dream or what's your big dream?
1: Yeah. I mean, gosh, I have a lot of big dreams. I here, you know, locally, I'd love to have my own Um, Center for Celebratory Movement, where we just, everything is about having fun. Um, It's not about a grind. It's a fun, fun fitness place to go to. Um, And I'd love, I have visions of traveling to Europe next summer and um, going on a book tour and writing another book. But being able to also take my kids to experience um, international travel, because that, to me, when I traveled as a 27-year-old to Asia, that was the most valuable education I I ever received in human connection. You were were asking about connection and the different ways that people connect in different cultures.
0: Traveling with your kids is definitely a great experience um, to pass on to them. Yeah. So, so here we are, you're sitting across from a group of moms or even just a new mom. And -hmm. what's that What's that one piece of advice you want to give uh, to all moms that you'd want every mom in the world to hear if you had a way to spread that message?
1: Put yourself first and have absolutely no guilt about it. Um, That it's okay to take care of yourself. And it it goes deeper than some women say, oh, I take a shower. (laughs) That's just hygiene. That's not self care. Like um, take it and it goes beyond a manicure. It goes, I mean, those are great things, but do that deep, um, you know, soul work of, of looking at who are you and what are your desires? Because you are worthy of your desires. Um, you, you absolutely don't have to put it off until the kids are gone and in college, like you, you can do it now.
0: That's fantastic. Gina, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a fantastic conversation. Yes, and I can't wait to, to see your book in print. The book groups of moms all over the world reading your book and, and sharing their stories. And, and uh, I, I just imagine a whole community of moms that come together because you've encouraged them to share their story.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the book re- comes out um, September 21st, uh, 2021. So coming soon.